I'm Brian Hu. I'm Ada Singh. And welcome to Saturday School. When your friends are watching Saturday morning cartoons, you're being forced to learn Asian American pop culture history. Welcome back to Saturday School. Today we have an extra special episode. Is this an extra special episode? <laughs> I shouldn't say that. All of them are special, but this is one that I think we've been waiting for. Or I have. <laughs> okay. For years. For those of you who have been listening this whole semester, you'll remember we talked about the namesake. For this episode, we're going to talk about a second Mara Nair film, the 1991 film Mississippi Masala, starring Sarita Chodari and Denzel Washington. Denzel Washington. That Denzel Washington. The one and only. Not another Denzel Washington. 26 years ago, Denzel Washington. And even though she's been in a lot of things, if anyone's watching Homeland right now, you might recognize Sarita. She plays Mira, who is Saul's wife. But this is her first film, because she was a film student when Mira and I found her in Castor. Mira and I had made a few films too, but I think this was soon after Salam Bombay, which had done pretty well in Cannes. Was it in Cannes? Slumma May just kind of took over. It was nominated for an Oscar. It was this huge breakthrough for Indian cinema in the United States, for Mary Nair. So this was her follow-up. This is Denzel in between his Oscar for Glory and his performance in Malcolm X, which would also get him another nomination for an Oscar. And I was looking at an interview with him, and he talked about how he was a fan of Salam Bombay, and that was one of the reasons he did the film, because he wanted to work with Mary Nair. And if you look at old interviews with Mira Nair, she thinks he was attracted to this film because he doesn't get a chance to play an ordinary citizen like that in a simple love story. His big roles are probably these like legendary African-American characters in history, you know? Maybe we should go into what the movie's about. Do you want to set it up? Sure. It's kind of a complicated setup that I think is one of the most brilliant setups in Asian-American cinema. It's about a Indian family born and raised in Uganda at a time when the British had brought in the Indians to Uganda to work on the railroads and also to act as a buffer between the black and the white British communities in Uganda. So they were kind of put in this precarious situation where they're like closer to whiteness, but they're also just being used as a wedge against the black people. And when Idi Amin takes over in Uganda, he expels all of the Indian people, despite the fact that there are, they could be Ugandan citizens. I mean, there are weird Trump overtones to this whole thing. Watching it now, they say Africa is for the Africans, the black Africans. And Indians end up in Canada and in Britain. And in this case, this Indian family ends up in Mississippi. And there are all these jokes about how this Indian family is more African than the actual blacks living in Mississippi Amongst them is a family with a son played by Denzel Washington, Demetrius. Uh, he's got his own cleaning business. He's on his way up, but he's always had this tie to his dad who he wants to take care of. And one day, Mina, who is the daughter of Jay, the Indian patriarch from Uganda, meets Demetrius. And we as the audience immediately falls in love with the possibility that they can be in love. And we sense all the potential tensions between the Indian community and the black community in Mississippi. But at the same time, because of this backstory in Uganda that complicates this whole idea of black versus Indian, we understand that there could be this really important connection. And the film talks about that connection being between people of color should stick together. And they also talks about how there are maybe more commonalities than they might have expected to begin with. You know how many people come to our motel? They look at us, they say, not another goddamn Indian. 
Makes me so mad. Yeah. Well, Miss Masala, racism, or as they say nowadays, tradition. It's passed down like recipes. Now, the trick is you got to know what to eat and what to leave on your plate. Mm. Yeah. Otherwise, you'll be mad forever. And you'll never eat. And you'll never, <laughs> and you'll never eat. That's right. So as my way to get to Denzel, this movie has like the two things that I detest most in Asian American romances, and yet I didn't mind at all. Uh, what are the two things? One is the story of my parents won't let me date outside my race, which is just so played out. You always wonder, how, is there a new way to tell the story? Because it's usually just the same gripes of like, you don't understand, I'm American. In this case, it's complicated by the fact that the dad is himself an immigrant from India to Uganda. So he understands what it means to be an outsider. And he knows what it means to like not be able to have certain kinds of relationships. He grew up with Africans. His whole community and his best friend were African. So in his case, it's almost like this love that got betrayed. It's a little bit different than the racism that the Indian American community might feel towards African-Americans, a community that they probably don't interact with very much. You know, once I was like both of you, I thought I could change the world, be different. But the world is not so quick to change. That's the kind of complication that we so often miss in Asian-American romances that are about intergenerational conflict in such a black and white way. And this goes to show that things are personal and they carry a lot of baggage. Families are inherently complicated. Immigrant families are especially complicated. And here's a film that honors that through its romance. You said there's two things. What's the second thing? The second thing is romances where there's an Asian woman who ditches a dorky Asian guy to go with a non-Asian person. (laughs) He wasn't dorky, though, was he? He wa- he wasn't. He was the catch in the Indian community. The guy that all the other girls wanted, or at least all the mothers wanted to sit up with their daughters. And he suddenly, for whatever reason, was interested in Mina. And then Mina runs into Denzel. And then it's like, yeah, get out of here. Yeah, well, because it's Denzel, not because... <sighs> it's Denzel. <laughs> I know. But- <laughs> and this is like the power of stardom and the power of a certain kind of screen charisma that I just I just let all that baggage go immediately I'm like Mina run to Demetrius he's the one it's like all the things you love about Denzel Washington but like way back in the day when he was just beginning to become Denzel Washington but you could still see even when he's playing this like small town guy who's just like the owner of his small carpet cleaning company He just smiles, and it's still the same Denzel Washington smile. And then he stands up for the girl, and it's like a small version of Denzel standing up for every single horrible thing in history that's ever happened. (laughs) Yeah. I see. So you think I ain't good enough for your daughter, is that it? No, that's not it. Mina is free to love anyone, to live as she chooses. I respect her freedom. But that does not absolve me of my responsibility as a father. Well... No disrespect to you, sir, but she's a grown woman and we care for each other very much. And I think that's all there is to it. I don't want her to go through the same struggle as I did. Struggle? Tr- look, I'm a black man born and raised in Mississippi. Ain't a damn thing you can tell me about struggle. What do you know about my... No, I know. I know. I know you and your folks can come down here from God knows where and be about as black as the ace of spades. And as soon as you get here, you start acting white and treating us like we your doormats. I know that you and your daughter ain't but a few shades from this right here. That I know. 
it's that like a little bit of stubborn, but like I have my values and then, but somehow that's going to align with all that is right in this universe. So much dignity, right? Like I feel like. So much dignity. And it's fun to see her too. She carries it just as much as he does. She's clearly bearing a lot of things that she's not able to talk to her family about. Like, why did she stay in Mississippi? Why didn't she get out of town? Why didn't she pursue education? And the fact that she clearly, like, has a lot of respect for her parents, that complication, as well as the idea, like, I will love who I want to love, all that is bound in this character. And it's quite a feat for a first-time actor. Yeah, and the parents are great, too. They're legends. Sadly, I know Roshan Seth, the father for Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, (laughs) probably the most racist movie Hollywood's ever made. But I was looking to Sharmila Tagore, who herself was a legend of Bombay cinema. She was in Satyajit Ray's films. So the stars came out for this one, not just Denzel. And then at the time, Charles Dutton, who plays Tyrone, he was The Rock on TV. Do you remember Rock? No. Oh, that was, that was my childhood right there. Rock was the title character of the great short-lived sitcom Rock in the early 90s. Collision of different talents from around the world. I think the other thing that's worth talking about for Mississippi Masala, and you were mentioning before we started recording that Hari Kondabalu was on the Denzel podcast. It's called Denzel Washington is the Greatest Actor of All Time Period with W. Kamau Bell and Kevin Avery. And they do an episode on Mississippi Masala where they invite comedian Hari Kondabolu to talk about the film. And he talks about what a big deal it was for the Indian American community at the time. Just because there weren't that many films that would feature an Indian family. But also the fact that it was, you know, an Indian family from Uganda and it was going to be like an interracial romance. I think the fact that, you know, she's going to be dating a black guy kind of intrigued and or scared (laughs) certain parents, depending on... Depending on how how racist they are. Depending on what it would have been like if their daughter decided to date a black guy. But also the fact that there's like a really well done sex scene in it. So we talk about the sex scene? Go for it. When I first watched this movie, I think I was in college, and what I remember being just kind of blown away by was how much Mir Nair allowed the camera to linger all over their bodies as their skin, their limbs, their torsos were intertwined, reflecting on this idea of brownness, brown skin, and but something about like an Indian body who is constantly in the film referred to as too dark for an Indian person, just looking it's superficial, but so beautiful next to a, a black body. And it makes that scene that much more erotic and tantalizing and just makes us want so much for them to be together. Yeah, there's even a scene beforehand where um, they're on the phone and it could have led to phone sex, but they get interrupted. But they're both lying in bed. The setup of it is kind of not identical, but her shirt's kind of up a little bit. And then he's kind of the same way, like he's lying down and his shirt is up, but it's not in a, hey, look at my six pack kind of way. It's just sort of like he's thinking about her. (laughs) Yeah, and it makes them equals in the sexual encounter to come. And it's it's really it's really cute. Yeah. (laughs) And then he's wearing these short shorts. (laughs) It's like the 90s. So even though you think of Denzel Washington as this sex symbol now, and he's very good looking in the film, obviously, but he always has his shirt tucked in into these like pants that are like riding really high. <laughs> so it's not like the most sexy outfit, even though I guess he pulls it off. <laughs> but do you feel like this is a different kind of sexuality for Denzel Washington? I mean, I, I feel like usually he has such a virile sexuality, like a really hardened sexuality. This one, it felt soft to me, soft, but no less like sexy. Yeah, and also when they when he kisses her for the first time, he asks her, 
He's like, would it be okay if I kissed you? And then they kissed. And then he asked again. He said, would it be okay if I kissed you again? It's so gentle. He acts like a high school, like a boy in high school trying to get his first kiss. Like so vulnerable, I but guess. Yeah, but like sexy vulnerable. You think I'm trying to hit on you? Are you? Yeah. <laughs> I was reading Mira Nair's husband's family is from Uganda. Do you know the story behind this? No. So Mira Nair met her husband while doing research on this film. And that developed into a romance. I had no idea. While they were making the ultimate romance. Oh, that's so awesome. Yeah, it is awesome. It's a great love story. Saturday School is a proud member of Potluck, a collective of podcasts that features stories and voices from the Asian American community. It's produced by me and Brian. Our logo is by Grace Tallis Lee. Our theme song is courtesy of Rimsky Music and Premium Beat. We have a Tiny Letter newsletter you can sign up for to get lecture notes. Tinyletter.com slash Saturday School Podcast. Or you can tweet us. I'm at Ada Singh, A-D-A-T-S-E-N-G. Brian's at Who's Brian, H-U-S-B-R-I-A-N. And the podcast Twitter handle is Wake Up Sat School. Next week, your assignment is to watch the 1988 film The Wash, starring Mako, Nobu McCarthy, and Saab Shimono. Class dismissed. I'm a mixed masala. Hot and spicy. It's <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah, here's> masala. <laughs> That's what I'm going to call you. Hey, before you go... Speaking of hotness, do you guys listen to the podcast Good Muslim, Bad Muslim? It's an award-winning show where activist storyteller Taz Ahmed and comedian Zara Norbach share their experiences being Muslim in America in this current political climate. It's hilarious, and it's produced and edited by Quincy Sirsmith, who also hosts his own podcast, Asian Americana, a show about slices of distinctly Asian American culture and history. Past episodes have been about the magazine Giant Robot, the Roots Community Supported Agriculture Project, and the history of Chinese Americans and the Sacramento Delta. Soon there will be an episode on Boba. These are just two more podcasts that you must listen to from the Potluck Podcast Collective. Go to podcastpotluck.com for more. Potluck. Potluck. See you next week.